You're listening to the Cash Valley Insider, conversations with founders, leaders, and creators about why they live, work, and play in Cash Valley, Utah. The Cash Valley Insider is a production of the Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce. Become a chamber member and learn more at cashchamber.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Chase, and uh, excited to be talking today with Scott Carr, Director of Marketing and Communications with Maloof. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Chase. Yeah, it's it's great to talk to you. Um, just so you know, I, I have to mention we worked together at Icon, and so I've known you for a little while, and right. and uh, I've loved seeing what you're what you're doing now with with Maloof. Um, and we're going to get into some of that today, but a lot of exciting things happening, and and I imagine has kept you really busy amid a, a really crazy world in general. Yeah, definitely. It's been very crazy and excited to talk about that a little bit. How are you doing personally? Like, how are you amid, I mean, we're kind of in the middle of COVID. Um, yeah. How are you doing? How are you holding up? Man, I'm, I'm tired. I, uh, I had a baby girl born March 15th, so it was right in the thick of everything. And uh, so that's been fun, but uh, also tiring from having an infinite home. Luckily, she's sleeping really well. But it's been weird not having, you know, family come visit us and uh, that kind of thing. You know, grandparents have been able to see her, but a lot of our siblings haven't. And so um, that's been interesting. And then, of course, you know, work-life balance and what does that look like and in the office, out of the office. So it's been a little bit hectic, but uh, it seems like things are starting to normalize a little bit. Yeah. Well, congratulations, first of all. Um, that's, I mean maybe you can speak to that a little bit where, you know, what's, what's uh, it been like with, with Maloof, um, you know, working from home. I imagine that's probably really nice, especially in these early, you know, this early time um, with a new baby to spend that time together, but also having to juggle work at the same time from home. How do you separate your life? Maybe you can speak to that a little bit. How's that been for you? Totally. No, it's a great question. And I think uh, luckily, so Maloof enacted a work from home policy on March 16th. So the day after my daughter was born. Uh, And that was super convenient. You know, at Maloof, uh, we do have paternity leave. So I had a week off uh, to spend uh, with my wife and kids. And that was wonderful. And then, you know, being able to work from home after that to still provide some help and support around home, but get back up to up to speed with what's happening at the office. And you know, that was a different experience for us at Maloof because we haven't traditionally had any remote workers. Um, a lot of the emphasis has been, you know, our best work is done here in the office because collaboration can happen more um, regularly and very easily done. And, you know, the main benefit that we see as a company is, you know, you may be we, we provide lunch here on campus. And so you may be sitting with somebody in a different department that you don't normally interact with. And if you're at home, for example, you would never interact with that person, but then you hear them talk about a project or concept that they're working on. And, and that strikes an idea like, oh, I could do that in something that I'm doing. So there's a lot of cross collaboration that just happens organically through being in the office. And so, you know, we, we use Microsoft Teams uh, is something that our company's invested in, and we've gotten a lot of use out of those video chats and moving meetings to online. And, you know, when, when COVID first hit, you know, we canceled a bunch of stuff. We canceled our Thursday morning meeting. We have like a big staff meeting with everybody um, just because it was so unknown. What are we doing? Everyone stay home. 
and we quickly realized that no we need to communicate even more than we were before and so we just tried to move everything to virtual meetings and i think it's worked out pretty well in some cases i think a lot of people have been more productive not we work in a pretty open environment and so there's less distractions for some people at home i guess some some people the distractions are greater um but it's been an interesting learning experience for all of our employees and um with the governor opening up uh you know businesses a little bit more loosely in the last few weeks uh we had our employees come back and then of course here in cash valley we had a significant outbreak and so we're back to a work from home policy again um and we'll see how long that la that lasts yeah, it seems like your office is set up to be uh, socially distant a little bit. If, if, you know, if anyone's been over there, you've got a lot of space over there. I mean, yeah. and you're quickly filling it up, but it seems like there's some opportunity to be able to balance, you know, the, the social distancing, but also being in the office and, and doing that safely. And I know you're there today. Um, it's a lot quieter, uh, I imagine, these days. Um, yeah. But I'm glad you mentioned the organic um, you know, connections, I, you know, I feel that in, in my day job, you know, not being able to bump into people and, and the ideas, the collaborations that come out of that. Have you, has the company tried to create those opportunities virtually, like these opportunities to collide and collaborate and, and kind of create organic connections? I, I've heard a few companies trying to do that. Um, but, you know, how do you simulate organic you know, connections, that's, it seems counterintuitive or, you know, seems difficult to do that. Yeah, very difficult. Um, you know, within, within your team that you're working with most, um, we've been definitely encouraged as managers to, to reach out, to continue our one-on-ones, to continue uh, full team collaboration sessions. So that way people can hear, you know, what this person's working on, that person working on. So we can at least facilitate some of that. And then, you know, we have, um, we call it HQ, but it's an internal uh, messaging system where people can see announcements or you know events that are coming up. And so we've encouraged a lot of people to use that even more now uh, to be able to communicate across the company um, for areas that you may not be aware of. And so uh, we've been able to still continue with some of that. How has has your work um, changed in the middle of the, all this? Maybe you can share a little bit about kind of your role, what you're responsible for when it comes to marketing and communications. How yeah. has that changed during, during all of this? Um, you know, what, what's been different and do you see some, some I don't want to say positives, um, but do you see some, some lessons learned um, you know, from work from home, um, from more of this virtual collaboration that you think you're going to be able to implement moving forward? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, with my role specifically, so I manage, you know, any marketing communication that we do to our retail partners on a B2B level, also to end consumers through our website. Um, and then I help out with a lot of the PR initiatives of the company. And so obviously PR, there's been a lot of hands on deck uh, for those messages, just as we communicate with employees, the community, our retail partners on what safety measures are we taking and how are we keeping our, our employees safe and our customers safe, but still uh, you know, shipping products and, and fulfilling orders to be able to make sure that people get the products that they've ordered and that retailers can still sell. So our, our industry was influenced heavily for, from COVID because obviously we work with a lot of uh, retail partners, 15,000 different retail stores across the U.S. And many of them are shut down 
for several weeks. And so they had to turn to e-commerce, which has been an area that maybe has been, has definitely been secondary for them. And luckily we have a lot of expertise here in house that we were able to provide value to our retailers as they set up their websites or as they made things a little bit more streamlined. And so my team has kind of shifted our efforts to rather than working in an in-store environment and knowing how to message the product better there, now we're teaching and showing and sharing more resources when it comes to social media advertising, email marketing, um, online marketing content. And so uh, it's been nice. My team has stayed busy. Um, we haven't really had a blip in any of that because we've just kind of shifted focuses. Um, and now the stores are opening back up again. Things are kind of getting back into the normal routine. Well, it's it's an interesting industry to be in. I, you know, everyone's been affected in some way, um, especially retail. I mean, we're kind of seeing the retail, you know, retail was already on the decline in a way, and this has accelerated a lot of a, a lot of things. Um, you know, we'll talk about that more in a little bit, but a lot of the trends that we're seeing have just, you know, accelerated um, in in just a matter of of months. Um, but you know, from the company perspective, maybe you can give an idea of, you know, I mean, retail is always so important to the company, but how much more important has direct to consumer been? It's always been a part of the company, but um, kind of what, what's the state of, of the company from that perspective? Yeah. Yeah. We've definitely seen a huge increase in e-commerce sales um, with people being home, shopping more, not being able to go to stores. What's interesting about the product that we sell um, you know, retail, I feel like in home goods, sleep products uh, is still very strong. Um, the stat in our industry is about 80% of purchases for mattresses in particular are still done in store, which makes sense when you think about it. I mean, it's a big investment. You probably want to lay on it and, and try it out before you buy something like that. Um, and even, you know, so several of our competitors, the, the Purples, the Caspers, the Lisas that are out there, uh, they have enormously high return rates uh, because of some of those issues where your customer gets one and, and it's not exactly what they wanted and send it back. And that's, you know, it costs a lot of money to, to run a model like that. And so there still is great uh, brick and mortar benefits to selling the products that we do. Um, but that hasn't been possible over the last couple of months. So us as a company selling on third, par third party platforms um has has taken off too to kind of compensate for some of those losses at retail yeah it's it's definitely an interesting challenge i I can't imagine right now me going in to test out a mattress and laying on something that someone else laid on right or you know the just the the cleaning that's got to be involved or the yeah. protectors that have to go on and come off i i can't even imagine what what that's like and i'm sure you've been involved in some of that trying to advise some of the retailers that you work with on on best practices and yeah. um i think one of the things that's always been really interesting about maloof really from the you know early days it's i mean some you guys do so much in-house which i think is powerful and and so you've learned how to do a lot of different things and you develop develop expertise in a lot of different areas and so it's probably really powerful to be able to share that um with with your partners and the one that comes to mind is is all of the content creation that you do. And, you know, you featured some of that recently on, on some of your social media channels and, you know, the in-house studio that you have. Um, I imagine there are some disruptions with that too, like creating all your own content, but it, largely I, I imagine some of that you can do socially distant, right? Taking, taking photos. You don't, you don't work with a lot of, um, 
models or talent that have to come in necessarily to, to sit on the product. So how, how has that part of the business been affected, if at all? Yeah, definitely. So one interesting thing on this topic is traditionally we do a lot in the B2B world for industry trade shows. And we have a team that works on our trade show presence. And, and that involves like, you know, construction contractors, designers, et cetera. And they're on staff as well. And they normally spend time at our permanent showrooms in Las Vegas or in North Carolina. And our trade shows have been canceled for this year. And so they don't have much to do. And so because we have this new studio in our expanded uh, headquarters, um, in the next two years, we were going to build out sets and that kind of thing. But with free bandwidth on that team, we, we brought them in and they've been, you know, doing construction on sets here. Um, and it's very big square footage. So there's lots of space. Uh, so people aren't really interacting too closely with each other. Um, and like you said, for photos and videos that we're creating, you know, if we can do them here on sets where we're not in, in most cases, we don't use talent in a lot of, um, the assets that we create. And so, yeah, it's basically just a photographer and the product. And so that's pretty socially distanced. And then, you know, any editing or post-production that happens can obviously happen anywhere. It doesn't need to be here. So. Right. No, that's, that's really powerful. Um, yeah, I've, I've, got some envy for that that studio worked worked in that world a little bit and that's yeah I got to walk through part of it and it's it's amazing what what you've got set up there um what have you kind of more on a personal note what have you learned through this whole experience we're not through it by any means but what have you learned about yourself your team um going through this unprecedented situation you know it's it's hard to know where, where the truth lies on so many issues, right? And, and you have different opinions. And then when things get political, it's hard to really know what is the best thing to do. And one thing that I've learned is uh, probably a leadership lesson from, from Sam and Casey, our, our founders, um, who they're notorious for treating employees well and making sure that everyone feels, feels safe and uh, that this is a good work environment and just watching them interact with employees and handle employee concerns, uh, community concerns with great uh, care has been really inspiring to me. And I think that uh, as someone who strives to, you know, help others and provide uh, leadership talent that, you know, hearing people out and listening to concerns and then making decisions based on what your employees are whoever it is that you're, you know, trying to satisfy, listening to their concerns and then making policies and or, you know, at least communication to be able to ease some of those uh, burdens is really important. And so that's something that I've been inspired by lately. That's a great like internal communication lesson, right? Um, and your whole world is communications. Um, what what if uh, in addition to kind of the internal what you've been hearing from from the founders and you know how you communicate with your team, what are some of the lessons that you've learned? You know, having to adapt quickly and and rethink. Oh, is this messaging that's going out is this appropriate now in the in the current environment? Uh, did, I imagine you had to maybe rethink a few things that were going to go out when everything broke out. What what was that like? And having to be flexible and and adaptable. Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, we're constantly aware of who we're talking to, especially when you when you think about Maloof and you think about the retailers that we work with and um, how do we message 
message to them, like always thinking about what's in it for them. And when they're reading this content or interacting with it, what benefits are they taking from it versus, you know, there's a lot of cool things that we're doing that may not be applicable to their business or benefit them in any direct way. And so it's something that we're constantly questioning, but you bring up a great point with, with COVID and, you know, with the social justice initiatives that are currently happening. You know, we've, we've had a lot of internal discussions on, on what does that look like? What's our internal stance? We always want to make sure that we are doing something that's actionable and concrete before we make any sort of outside statement. Um, and so that's kind of been our, our goal. We didn't make any statements about how to handle COVID or how to work around it until our executive team finalized with our HR team what our stance was for our own internal employees. And then, and then we were able to communicate that out to a broader audience. And we just wanted to make sure that we're very sensitive to people who may differ in opinions or, um, you know, make sure that our business partners that we work with know that they're still going to get taken care of. Like we're not abandoning them. We're, we may be shifting our workplace or we may be shifting schedules, but we're still going to continue to service you and provide you the, the benefits that you've always expected from us. Well, and I imagine there's, you know, a benefit to, to, you know, taking action before you make a statement because then those words don't appear hollow. Right. I'm, I'm, I imagine yeah. for you, that's always a fear, right? It's like, is what we're saying, does it feel authentic? Does it feel real? Does it, you know, do we really believe what we're saying? Exactly. Um, and I think people, especially now, see through that really quickly, right? Um, yeah. And people have access to so much information. Um, that's that's got to be on your mind, I, I imagine, all the time. Definitely. Yes. Um, well, I, we'll shift gears a little bit because, um, you know, by the time this comes out, um, I mean, some some pretty big news will have coming out uh, come out uh, about the company um, and some some acquisitions that the company's made. Um, I mean, there's no slowing down. It it seems like. I mean, in some ways there is, but um, but but you guys keep working. Do you, do you mind sharing a little bit about um, some of the big things that are coming up when it comes to acquisitions? Sure. sure. Well, I guess uh, maybe to start off with a year ago, uh, we kind of got started on this acquisition train. So. Impact Collective uh, is a company that was acquired by Maloof uh, about a year ago, I believe. Um, and so that's a specialty uh, suite of apps that are geared towards mental health and, and recovery. So, um, you know, people who are struggling with anxiety, depression, uh, substance abuse, uh, pornography, whatever it may be. Um, it's founded by Clay Olson, who's the founder of Fight the New Drug. And so... Um, that became an area of you know interest for Sam and Casey obviously they do a lot of work in that realm with the Maloof Foundation and bringing that company in inside to Maloof uh, we saw a lot of benefits and crossover between the foundation work that we were already doing and then being able to pass um, you know have impact collective benefit from Maloof's uh, network and an organizational structure to be able to continue to build that business so um, and then the next one was Tamarack, um, Tamarack Capital. That's a venture capital firm down in Utah County. And that was a recent acquisition just of last month. Um, and so Sam and Casey Maloof are now partners on Tamarack's board. And so, um, you know, really that's, a, that's an exciting venture for them. It doesn't take, um, it's not so much a Maloof acquisition as it, as it is a Sam and Casey 
uh, new business venture, I guess. And so we've been able to collaborate a lot with those teams, especially, you know, in communications realm to be able to talk about what that looks like and, and how it is moving forward. And they're really excited about having Sam and Casey on the board. You know, what Maloof was 17 years ago is what a lot of these founders that Tamarack's working with are finding themselves in currently. And the success that Maloof's been able to have over the last, you know, two decades almost um, is like a vision of what they could accomplish in the future. And so uh, we're really excited about collaborations with those up and coming companies and, and Tamarack's be able to continue uh, the growth of the Utah business community because there's a lot of a lot of potential as you know uh, working closely with Silicon Slopes and you know that whole entrepreneurial spirit that we have in our state and so we're excited to to continue working with them and then the final one uh, Maloof just recently acquired Down East um, and so if you're from Utah or Idaho you probably know Down East um, they're a very widely known brand um, have a great uh, reputation in the community. And, and when uh, Sam and Casey were given the opportunity to get involved with that, they jumped on it. And so we're super excited. And, you know, for, for Maloof, we sell bedding products. We don't sell uh, a lot of furniture or we didn't. Uh, and definitely women's apparel was not uh, one of the items that we were considering, but uh, it just made sense and the timing was right. And so, yeah, we're excited to venture into that new realm as well. That's really exciting. Um, I, I mean, just significant acquisitions and, and uh, I think especially significant for, I mean, for the state, but also for our little valley, right? I mean, it doesn't happen often that, that you have a, a company like this go and, and buy other brands. And, and yeah. um, it, so I, it's really significant for this area and um, for the future of this area. Um, I, I've got a few questions about some of the different acquisitions, so I might go back a little bit. Um, but but regarding Impact Collect, uh, Collective, I I'm curious how that um, just their mission um, bleeds into the rest of of the company and and your messaging and um, kind of I guess my question is is how do you define like what kind of a company Maloof is right? But Maloof's not necessarily just a, a sleep brand, especially now with the acquisition of Down East, right? you're not pigeonholed and, and okay, we just sell this one type of product. Um, did the acquisition of, of impact collective kind of help expand what, what Maloof is where you're, uh, I don't know, you're, you're a company that helps sell a feeling more than, than like a physical product. Does that make sense? Or, you know, you're, you, you've got an app that like helps, you know, people with anxiety, depression, you know, a, a range of different issues. Um, was that a conscious decision? And, and does that kind of change what the overall business, like w- what you consider Maloof to, to be as a business? Yeah, very, yes, those are great questions. And it that, that was, great, there were kind of a lot of questions in there. So I'll, I'll try, I'll try and hit them and you let me know if I missed any. Um, so I think, yes, very conscious decision. I think you're you're aware that Maloof became a certified B Corp in September of 2019. So, as part of that, and for those that aren't familiar with what a B Corp is, uh, it's a it's a benefit corporation. Companies like Patagonia, Tom Shoes, Warby Parker, Ben and Jerry's are a few that most people have probably heard about. Where, you know, it's not just about profit, but it's also about the planet, and it's about people, and it's about using business as a force for good. 
And so, you know, as we use that as kind of our guidepost to who Maloof is and, and what are we going to do in the future, we want to make sure that we have a business model that helps people and helps the world become a better place, basically. So, you know, we started out with sleep products. That helps people uh, being able to, you know, get proper rest and hygiene and help. Um, and then working in the Maloof Foundation to be able to help further some of the initiatives to end child sexual exploitation. Um, and so, you know, Impact Collective definitely has a lot of tie-ins with the foundation. Um, Maloof tries to take care of its employees really well. And so offering the suite of products from Impact Collective as part of our insurance and benefits program uh, has been very helpful. Um, we've seen decreases in, in depression and anxiety just within our own workforce um, since bringing them on and offering that free of charge to, to families here, um, employees here. And so there's been huge crossover there. And then, you know, we've passed these benefits on to our retail partners as well, um, making, we did a limited time uh, access to all recovery, all of the recovery apps of Impact Collective to any of our retail partners during the COVID um, timeframe. So we gave them free access through the end of the year. Um, to try and help with, I mean, it's a very stressful time, especially if you're a small business owner who's shut down and has no other way to, to you know, pay the bills or pay your employees. And so we're trying to look for ways that we can, can help and, and provide guidance. And then another thing internally, a lot of people don't know at Maloof, we actually have a team of, I think it's getting up to maybe 25 or 30 software engineers now um, that build a lot of our backend software tech, um, apps for adjustable bed bases, websites, it's all done in-house from a development and engineering standpoint. And so the Impact Collective team has been able to come in and kind of bolster that team as well. And so, you know, Utah and Silicon Slopes is known for tech. And while Maloof has primarily been a consumer products goods company, we also have a big aspect of tech. And so I think that acquisition uh, really helps strengthen our position and our expertise in the tech realm. And and we're working on a few more things that will be coming out later this year um, in the tech realm, new, new uh, brands and product offerings with that. There's just too many exciting things to talk about that you guys are doing. Slow down. Jeez. Oh, man. That's why I'm tired, man. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, I, you know, the kind of why I asked that question is from a business perspective, it seems like as soon as a company pigeonholes itself and says, we do this, they're already dead right? Um, You know, they're going to get overtaken at some point. And it seems like Maloof has never um, kind of stood still in that way and and has always been looking to how do we be more than just this one thing, you know, how we started. And that's kind of why I asked about Impact Collective. It seems like the company has broadened itself and it's more, you know, we're, you're almost a wellness company, right? It's like sleep provides wellness. Like the items in your home can make you feel a certain way, right? even down east, right, from, from a, a clothing perspective, the clothes that you wear make you feel a certain way about yourself, right? Um, yeah. I don't know if that's how the company feels internally, but that's kind of how it appears in a way. And, and if you're in that business, um, that's a lot harder to, to disrupt that than like an individual product category, you know, if, if you just put all your, um, you know, put everything in, in that one basket. So I, I, I just really think it's an interesting decision uh, moving forward that positions you really well, but um, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that, but. Yeah, you know, when you said that, um, 
One aspect of the business that uh, we haven't mentioned yet is uh, diversification. So like you're saying, you know, we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves into one thing. We, we do have a core, you know, product offering and our strength is, you know, being able to take a product and sell it on multiple platforms and, and that kind of thing. And so we don't want to abandon that by any means. But, you know, recently, the end of March, uh, U.S. manufacturers, there was a group of petitioners who filed a anti-dumping lawsuit against imported mattresses. And, and Maloof imports a lot of mattresses. And so we're greatly affected by this. And, and so, you know, part of the strategy and the increase in acquisitions has been a desire to diversify. By our, our cash flow and ensure that you know we we employ 500 people now and so there's a lot of livelihoods at stake for you know if a portion of the business gets shut down through to, by external factors and um, so Sam and Casey are really trying to hedge you know any any risk that we may have uh, through those things um, just a, another uh, expediter into some of the recent growth and acquisition. Right. I mean, that's that's a huge lesson that anyone listening could could take away. Right. I mean, just that idea of diversification in, in the business. But, um, you know, I, I'm going to jump ahead now to to down east. Um, but you know, for someone in your position where you you run all your marketing and communications, to have you know you know from growing from sleep, um, betting products now to ho- a whole home company with all this, these other uh, pieces of furniture that you're going to be selling um, to now apparel, what excites you about those challenges, those opportunities, and what's a little daunting about, about, you know, bringing all these new products into the fold? Yeah, that was a great question. Um, I should say that down East, you know, with the acquisition, they have a lot of uh, things that they can draft off of success that Maloof has found. Um, ideally, one of the projects that we're working on right now um, is helping Down East become a B Corp as well. Um, and so be able to change a lot of their internal policies, workings, um, you know, bring in a strong aspect of corporate social responsibility into what they're doing um, at their company. So that's probably the area that I'm most excited about um, is helping them kind of, you know, increase where they're at and, and raise their consumer awareness and be able to make even more of an impact through that business as well. Yeah, you cut out for a minute, but I, I think I think what you said was that that Down East is kind of operating on its own still, right? And you just yeah. got to coordinate, um, and and so it's that's probably exciting knowing that this isn't all on you and your team. Like you're doing this in in collaboration with a great team that already exists, which is exciting uh, with a lot of great talent. Um, I mean, the prospect of of Down East becoming a B Corp is is especially interesting. Um, in Utah, there's only four, right? Um, yeah. You were you were the fourth. Um, yeah. Five technically now, I think. Okay, yeah. five. Okay. Yeah. So were you the there's, fourth or the fifth? I want to say we were the fourth, but then another one dropped out and another one came in. So I think the five now are Cotopaxi, Bare Bones Living, mm-hmm. Good Pencil Company, CE Solar, and Maloof. Oh, okay. But and then the first in Cash Valley, um, and then down east will be will be I guess where it is part of Maloof. I we'll count it. They'll they'll be the sixth, right? Yeah, there you go. Um, which which is incredible. Um, so that yeah, that a set of unique opportunities and challenges with that business. Um, 
which is exciting. So it'll be interesting to see, see how that, that goes moving forward. Um, I, wh- what do you feel, what's exciting to you about the opportunity to have a little bit, bit, bit more control over a retail presence? Maloof, you've had your showrooms, very specialty, you know, in, in Vegas and in, where's the other yeah, one? Vegas, uh, High Point, North Carolina. There's another one in uh, New York in Manhattan. Okay. And that, so then to have Down East stores that become a showroom um, for Maloof products and other, other Down East products, other products, um, what excites you about that opportunity? You know, I think uh, the marketer in me, and I know you would probably be in the same shoes as me, Chase, but uh, the ability to test things now that we've never been able to do before, you know, we've, we've mostly been a partner to our retailers and, you know, we, we may recommend or, uh, consult with them on what we think a merchandising mix would look like to be successful. But now with the even closer relationship and tie-in with Down East management team, you know, we can go into a store and, and the Logan store, if you, if you have been to it recently or, or go visit, there's now kind of a Maloof store within a store concept within Down East. So, you know, you can come into Down East, you can experience the furniture, you can experience the clothing, or you can go into a specialty sleep shop that's all Maloof product. Um, and so we're really excited about that to try different messaging techniques and see what really resonates with consumers and, and get more valuable data than we've ever received before, because now we have an open feedback loop because we're all part of the same team now. And so they're incentivized to share information with us and vice versa. And so as you know, as a marketer, I'm super excited about understanding more about our end consumers because traditionally Maloof has been a B2B marketer and seller of products and now this will give us a direct line to consumers and and understand how they're interacting what questions do they have what's not making sense that what can we change in our packaging to be able to better communicate benefits things like that well that's that's the huge benefit of direct consumer right is that proximity to the consumer you know to to that information understanding their needs their wants um so to be able to do this in person has got to be really exciting Um, so, you know, and you, you'd think after all of this, we'd covered everything, all the exciting news, um, that's going on with the company, but you had to top it, um, with the, the recent announcement of, of a huge investment by the company, um, you know, in partnership with the state, um, here in Cache Valley. Um, do you mind sharing a little bit more about that? It's, that's been pretty public and, and that's gotten a lot of attention. Uh, the rec- or the announcement of of expansion, but can you you know share some details on on what that means for the valley? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, so Maloof's been growing fast. Uh, we built this our current building four years ago, and just expanded that building to triple the size of the office to make room for the growing uh, workforce. Um, but we're quickly running out of space even here, and so the time has come to build an additional building. And, you know, the interesting thing about Maloof is we have distribution centers in Texas, North Carolina, Ohio, and here in Utah. And so we own property at all of those locations, specifically in Ohio, we own hundreds of acres there that are, you know, it's very inexpensive to build a building there. And, you know, in many ways, logistically, maybe it makes more sense to to be in Ohio for our, our next addition. Um, and so, you know, we've been really weighing out options and where to build and, and that kind of thing. And 
luckily we've been able to have some great conversations with the governor's office of economic development uh, here in Utah and uh, they've extended a very generous uh, tax incentive to us um, based on the new employee and job growth that it would bring to specifically to Cache Valley, uh, which right now that's slated at uh, just under 1,200 jobs in the next 10 years. So that's uh, quite the growth plan, um, but we feel pretty confident that, that we can do that. And so, yeah, they recently just um, made that announcement public that uh, they're giving us a tax incentive uh, for just under $15 million over the next 10 years to build the building here. Um, so we're pretty excited and, and humbled and honored that uh, they would, you know, be willing to invest in us. And we're excited that you stayed, you know, and, and chose to build here. And, and I'm going to get to this. It's, you know, why, why the decision to stay here and, and what is it about Cash Valley? And, uh, you know, I've always been passionate about trying to, to tell this story and, you know, share how great of a place this is, but not let too many people know at the same time. Um, and it's always a push pull, right? It's like you want more people to know so that more great jobs at, at great companies like Maloof can come here. So more people can live here and, and uh, have a life here long-term. Um, but, you know, maybe that'll lead me into this question then, you know, why, why here, you know, why Cash Valley? Um, you know, what were some of the, besides, you know, some, some pretty good tax incentives, um, there's an attachment to this place, um, I imagine, from the founders, Sam and Casey. Um, but, but, you know, I guess, why here? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and we have we've experienced a lot of great benefits to being here. Um, obviously, the community is is very close knit, and the caliber of employees that we have is is very high just because of the values and you know what what everyone stands for here at Cache Valley. I'm an implant. I'm not originally from here, but I'm but I'm from Idaho, so it's kind of like pretty close, right? We claim you, yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, and I've loved it. I've lived here for five plus years now and uh, don't see myself leaving. And I think that's the case for a lot of people that live here and especially for those who work at Maloof. And, you know, Sam and Casey, um, they're Utah State grads. Uh, they love it here and they've always envisioned on, you know, raising their family here and growing their business here. And so, but as far as Cache Valley, you know, like the direct link to, to Utah State, and I should also, uh, clarify that I'm not a Utah State grad, but uh, I've benefited greatly by working with uh, Aggies, and uh, my wife's family is all Aggies, so I have a lot of connection there. Um, but uh, you know, the the talent pool, specifically that the Huntsman Business School puts out, is is really fantastic, and I think untapped by a lot of the companies down in Salt Lake and Utah County, and so we've been able to benefit greatly from that. I believe over 85% of our employee base are Utah State grads. Um, and so we definitely have a strong uh, tie to the university. You know, this is just such a great place to live, like being able to uh, leave the office and be up in the mountains in 10 minutes and, you know, be able to have so many options for recreation and, you know, with the university and the Utah Opera Theater, there's still a lot of opportunities here, even though it's a smaller town, uh, to still have access to, to the arts or to sporting events or whatever it may be. So we love it here. And you can't beat a, like a 10 minute, five minute commute to work either. So no way. I, I guess to, to kind of wrap things up, how, how do we stay in touch with you personally? 
um, with the company so we can keep up with all things Maloof moving forward. Yeah, I'd say uh, follow us on, on social media, particularly if you're interested in uh, local and more business oriented stuff, our LinkedIn uh, page, we keep pretty up to date uh, with any announcements like that. You can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, that's probably the easiest way and I check that uh, pretty regularly. So that's probably the best way. Well, Scott, thanks for taking time uh, to share all the exciting things that are happening. I'm sure that we'll need to do a part two at some point. Um, whenever there's some other big announcements, which I, I imagine there will be more coming down the pipe. So, um, you know, if, if you're open to doing that, would love to talk to you more in the future too, but thanks for being willing to share, um, all the exciting things. And, and we love having Maloof here in this community. Um, you add so much to it. Um, so glad that you're here. Oh, thank you, Chase. Thanks for the invitation and really appreciate your time. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Cash Valley Insider. For more conversations, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are found.